kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Testicles, one, two, testicles. That is right. Welcome back to Paranoid Radio Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the humble host, Trebles Garcia. And joining me in the ones and twos will not be the best co-host in the fucking planet. Big Tank will not be joining me on this intro episode. However, he is in the main conversation, dropping bombs on a classic freestyle conversation. So stay tuned. It's beautiful to know that you guys are still here. Beautiful to know that you guys are tuning back in, that you guys are still with us, supporting us. And as you already know, Paranoid Radio Podcast is expanding on an everyday basis, networking around and collaborating with amazing people. For example, Flasher, Flasher underscore News One, JB from Rogue One Media, and Ghost Joe from the Warp Reality Podcast, dropping episodes and consistently dropping bombs on your heads and your lives, challenging reality one episode at a time every single fucking week. That is right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to bring you into my home now and give you a little personal tidbit of what's happening in my life. I'm an average Joe. And I'm currently unemployed. I'm a full-time podcaster now, for the people that do not know that. (laughs) And my family and I have been going through a struggle, and we decided to take a fucking break and go on a mini vacation. As you also know, I'm also adopted by a Mexican family. I was adopted at the age of 12 years old, proudly. But my real family members are from Central America. My father is from Guatemala. And my wife's family is from El Salvador. So we decided to take a trip down south to El Salvador, enjoy the amazing view, the food, the culture, the hospitality, the amazing air, clean, and the beautiful jungles of El Salvador. And then we will be traveling to Guatemala. But that that does not mean that we will not be recording. I have scheduled amazing episodes with amazing collaborations, following up with Big Tank in this episode, and then Flash next week, and then Cult of Conspiracies in two weeks after this. And I'm going to be traveling with a mic, with a Wi-Fi, dropping bombs of knowledge every single week consistently, regardless if we're on vacation. That's how much I love doing this hobby, and that's how much I enjoy knowing that you enjoy listening to us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, after pulling all that information out of my heart and spreading the freaking wings and giving you guys a whole fucking shebang, let's begin this episode by connecting the randomizer machine and giving you the preview review. Paranoid Radio. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. This is where I read you a review from Apple Podcast. And this one comes out from Apple Podcast Five Star Reviews. This is what he says. Big William Wang says, fun and freaking smart. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And a little buff arm flexing. God damn. All right. And then he says, I love this pod, comma. Makes me want to make one myself. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. They're like, dude, okay, look, check this out. This dude has less than one sentence in his comment with eight exclamation marks. Like, how intense is your life, dog? <laughs> anyway, whatever the case may be, Big William Wang. I don't even know why his name is William Wang. Like, 
Like you try to big William Wang? Okay, now that's funny overall. Later, thank you so much for that amazing five-star intense comment on Apple Podcast. This episode goes out to you. And for all the listeners out there, if you guys want us to read your review live on the air, it's so easy to do so and submit for free on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and we'll read and dedicate the episode out to you. And that helps the show get around and other people enjoy it as much as we enjoy making it. Now we're gonna leave a parent radio podcast on the hands of our ghost correspondent from the Warp Reality Podcast, Ghost Joe, take it over with the Warp Reality segment. That's right. Hey, Paranoia Radio Podcast fans, Ghost Joe here, back again with another Warp Reality segment. By the way, this is going to be completely unedited because I don't really have a lot of time doing this stuff. So it's going to be completely unedited and uh, untouched. So I apologize for that if there's any blips or anything. So if you like the spooky, weird and unexplained, please check me out on the Warped Reality Podcast on all major podcasting platforms and WarpedRealityPodcast.com. So the last segment, uh, the last few segments, actually, that I've done here haven't really been very scary. I apologize for that. So we're going to change that today. So this month, we're going to be talking about the Black-Eyed Kids. The urban legend of the Black-Eyed Kids, or B-E-K for short, is widely believed to be a creepypasta, which is basically an urban legend started uh, on the internet. But over the years, it has gained many believers who claim to have witnessed them. They are normally described as resembling children between the ages of 6 and 16 with pale skin and completely black eyes. They are sometimes dressed in period clothing and are mostly seen hitchhiking, panhandling, and knocking on people's car windows while idling or even at people's doorsteps. They always give off a very uneasy feeling, creating a feeling of dread to the people witnessing them. They are always asking for a ride or to be let into a person's home. Although they say very, very little, when they do speak, it's a very mechanical sounding and kind of sounds a little rehearsed. Um, Some think that they're extraterrestrials or demons trying to enter your life. Uh, Even just thinking about them for too long or mentioning them can summon them to your doorstep. Some believe that the legend started in the 1980s, but the majority believe that the starting point was on an internet post written by reporter Brian Bethel in 1996. He wrote of two occurrences of these, one of his own experiences and one of the couple's horrifying encounter. In Brian's encounter, one night in 1996 in Albion, Texas, he stopped in a parking lot of a movie theater using the lot's lights to write up a check. Suddenly, he was interrupted by a knock against his window. When he looked up, he saw two young boys. Their faces were obscured, but he could tell that they were most likely teens. They asked if he'd let them in his car, saying they needed a ride back to their mother's house. For some reason, though, for some reason, though, Bethel felt a wave of intense fear sweeping over him. It was then he realized that their eyes had no color. Bethel immediately turned his car on, hoping to escape from whatever these children were. As he tried to pull away, the children yelled through the glass, We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. Bethel's car shot out of the lot in seconds. Yet, when he looked back, the two children had vanished. 
The second story he wrote about was of an older couple from Oregon. The woman was awoken at 2 a.m. to a loud bang from outside. She quickly woke up her husband, and when they answered the door, they saw two children, a boy and a girl. She felt very uneasy about the pair, but asked them where their parents were. They both replied in unison, they'll be here soon. Due to the snowy weather and against their better judgment, the couple let them in the house. The mood in the house quickly changed, and even the couple's cat, Pigeon, was acting very skittish, and he was hissing at the kids. The woman retreated to the kitchen and decided to make some hot cocoa to break the ice. While the children sat in the living room, the husband tried to start a conversation, but the duo stayed eerily silent. The woman re-entered the room. She noticed that their eyes were completely black. The husband then began feeling dizzy and had a bad nosebleed. The kids then said they needed to use the bathroom. As soon as then they exited the room, the power went out. Upon investigating, when the woman went near the bathroom, the kids exited and said that their parents were here. They walked out with the front door, leaving it wide open, waiting for their waiting. I'm sorry. Waiting for them were two very tall, pale men and dressed identically near a running car. Kind of sounds like the men in black, huh? All four then got in the car and drove away. The effects of the experience didn't end there, though. The husband had went to a doctor for his illness and found out that he had a rare type of skin cancer, uh, pretty much from that event. So I ask you this. What do you think they are? Demons, aliens, vampires, ghosts, whatever they are. I hope they never run into. Who? <laughs> uh, sorry, whatever they are, I hope. Oh. <sighs> Can I help you girls? Do you have any idea what time it is right now? It's very, very late. Okay, okay, okay. But only for a few minutes. Okay. Come on in. Amazing segment by Ghost Joe from the Warp Reality Podcast. You make sure to hit him up at the Warp Reality Podcast on all podcasting platforms or check him out at warprealitypodcast.com or he's also featured our, on our website, paranoidradio.com. Ghost Joe did an amazing job. And I'm going to tell you something. That topic regarding the black-eyed kids is so fucking huge. It's so underrated. And it's also a deep, deep conspiracy topic. The men in black, that's a deeper, deeper conspiracy topic. And it has to do with paranormal activity as well and even aliens. So, look, look, look. I don't want to just destroy the entire fucking episode on that topic. But that's a topic that we need to touch on 
coming in March. So for sure, for sure, Black Eyed Kids, Paranormal Activity, and we might even have ghosts to come back and give us that fucking information. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So remember I told you this is a pre-recorded show and Big Tank wasn't able to make it into the in, um, into the beginning of this show and to this intro. And there is going to be no what is happening. However, he was for the main conversation of the show and he is bringing bombs of knowledge with the Muffin Man and he's helping me do a classic fucking Paranormal Radio podcast show. So make sure you fucking stay tuned for the rest of the show. Enjoy and do not forget to drop a fast review on Apple Podcast. That is right, Big Tank. Thank you for those two amazing stories. God damn, it's good to be back on the fucking mic. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, we have an amazing episode lined up for all of you guys. And I hope you guys are ready because I'm about to jump in from the deep end of the pool and set the fucking mood. As a matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, our history is told only by the victor and the fascinating. And the fascinating is usually a horny housewife or those who enjoy other people's pain. Gory stories of overglorified serial killers that get sexualized by a Netflix special. That's right. The same stories that get mocked death of innocent people and many times innocent and kids who would ever think that these topics are what fixates your mind and what you love to be entertained by so then allow me to entertain you with what you love best a fucking true story not cooking with gas but instead baking in the oven big tag i'll let them know what's up with the muffin man do you know the muffin man the muffin man the muffin man God damn, that sounded so negative, bitch. Oh, that intro was like straight up black pill. Why are we even doing it? Why are we alive, big dog? Oh, dog. Yeah, like, should I just give up on life or something? Should I just jump off a new 6th Street bridge or something, big There's dog? There's no hope. Talk There's to no me, big dog. Talk to me. What this the is, fuck happened there? This is how it really feel, dog. A lot of people are entertained, but just dark. People love other people's pain. I don't know if you know this, but most of the shit that you watch on Netflix nowadays dog is other people's pain and the people that watch it the most are horny housewives that's just fact bro women have the biggest entertaining power to fucking watch and buy things from for the home i don't even know if i know you have a wife but women are the ones that do the home decor we just bring the bread most of it at least right like and women are the ones that fixate on oh how the house should look like and what other people might think of them we just live by day to day just with a regular black t-shirt well, i'm a basic ass dude dog i know for a fact that like a lot of the shit that we have at home at least my house is like because my my wife bought it like she wanted to look that okay that okay okay i get it i get it but it's sort of a similar approach that somebody that i know likes to take is well mm-hmm. it happened already might as well do something out of it if not what's the whole point of doing it i mean it's like why are we bringing up all, all these old conspiracies if they're so bad why are we mm-hmm. gonna bring awareness that it already happened if it's well, already happening good good question the reason we're bringing this fucking serial killer up is because a lot of people love to listen to this stuff as a matter of fact another thing is People actually enjoy watching this. I've, I've noticed a fluctuation on serial killer episodes that we've had that blow the fuck up more than our conspiracy episodes. Not even to mention the political episodes because the political episodes that we have are for a different type of listener, you know? Like, and we have a mixture of listeners here, so we have to do some fan service. The serial killer episodes are, are specifically targeted for the people that love to fucking enjoy themselves on other people's pain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's dive deep into it then. Let's do some fan service, I guess. All right. So, do you know the Muffin Man? The and Muffin if you Man. Don't, we're about to teach you because that was actually a calling for people to be aware of what was happening uh, during the 1500s in England. Hey, that's right. Big dog. Okay, okay. So, the most basic sense one of your childhood nursery rhymes was actually a calling card a song that people would use because they were terrified and what i mean by terrified is this was ever the first ever documented serial killer 
yes. going on, big dog. Yes. Just like yes. that, big dog. No the, fucking lie. Okay, so I'm going to touch base on the nursery rhymes. Uh, just before we jump into anything else, every nursery rhyme has a deeper uh, a history to it, guys. And for the people that do not know, I'm going to give you one example aside from the Muffin Man that will blow your fucking mind. Check this out, guys. Check this out. You know that song that goes, the London bitch is falling down, falling down, and then the kid comes in the middle, and then, like, you put your, your arms down, right? You, okay. you, never, you never played that game? Okay, so that game, I, don't, I know it's a white people game, <laughs> but check this out. Every that fucking that nursery rhyme is actually based on a story that the London Bridge was actually built on dead poor men, women, and kids used as mortar for a stronger foundation. At the time that London Bridge was being built, they thought that uh, setting this the, the pavement and the foundation on dead bodies at like a gravesite would protect the, the 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 London Bridge from bad juju with, with real people's spirits that lived in London. Eventually, that did, it became a fucking trend, and killers soon began using live people trapping them in the crevices and the walls inside the bricks of the London Bridge, which is why when you're playing the London Bridge game while singing a song, you trap the kid in your arms as if he's trapped inside the walls. That's 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 just fucking cynical, dog. Uh, <laughs> uh, God damn. All right, all right let, let me jump into real quick, Drury Lane. Fuck, okay, okay, okay. The Muffin Man actually existed, ladies and gentlemen. But right before I give you the history of him, I need you guys to understand where he came from. Drury Lane was actually the little little zone that was infamous for pastries and known for fashion, for a fashionable street for its time. Like everything that goes up, something must come down. Drury Lane also was in the surrounding areas, fastly became the worst slums in London. Check this out. Drury Lane was actually notable for street brawls. Drunkenness, pubs, cheap prostitution, and gin places. In fact, check this out. Okay, so the Muffin Man happened in the late 1500s and the early 1600s. A hundred years after the Muffin Man died, in the 1800s, Drury Lane in the zone became Britain's cradle and supermarket hub for pastries and dairy produce. A lot of gin was created out of this side of fucking of Britain also. So this was like a big market hub right after this song uh, was created. Now, right before we jump to the details of who the fucking Muffin Man was, I kind of see the song of the Muffin Man as a publicity stunt at this point. Like, the, uh, there's a lot of data we're going to go through on how he killed people and shit and why he did it. But, like, after a hundred years of that song, more tourists poured in into this area because of the legendary act that he left behind. It's crazy, dog. It's crazy. I, I wouldn't say ex exactly because of that. I mean, yeah, is there something to it? Yeah, but I wouldn't like say... like New Orleans. You know how people yeah. go to go see vampires and witches yeah. and voodoo? Exactly, exactly. I mean, okay, so like you said, let's dive into it. You yeah. get me? So the Muffin Man, also known as the Duryling Dicer, was the first yes. known serial killer in England. His name was Frederick Thomas Linwin, and he was born in 1563 and died 1612. That's right. There are many accounts of Linwood's crimes, but as of this day, there are mm -hmm. 15 confirmed. 15 Okay. Confirmed. There's these are children. There's more. Yes, yes. 15 mm -hmm. confirmed children. They're, they're speculated to be over 40, 50 bodies, totaling maybe even more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In Victorian England, it was common for families to have fresh foods delivered to their homes. You know what I mean? It's something that was... Oh, yeah. They were poor. They were extremely exactly, poor during exactly, their life. Exactly. I mean, if you guys... If you guys have gone to Mexico. If you guys have gone to El Salvador, what? Oh yeah. It's oh not, yeah, guys. It's not That's right. To get, to get shit uh, delivered to you, it really isn't. Hey, you it's like the milkman. Exactly, and they would take it to you. 
So this was, in all in all honesty, this was uh, Frederick's job. He Mo- the modern day supposed- DoorDash. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, shit. Whoever told you DoorDash was a new thing, they lied to you. That's right. Well, actually, the bakers used to go house to house, door to door, ringing a big ass bell with pastries and bread and all types of fucking goods for each family because the family family were so poor they couldn't afford eating anything else, and bread was the easiest thing to eat. Kind of like how Mexicans eat tortillas, like that. For like the more tortillas you eat, the more full you get fast. And I'm not being fucking stereotypical here. It's just facts. In the, in El Salvador, they eat pupusas. Same shit. The more pupusa you eat, the more you know it's cheaper. You know, so it's kind of like that. They were so poor, people would eat so much bread in a smart amount of time. And and being a baker at the time in this area of London was the thing, which let me jump into real quick right here, Tank. He, okay, there were, in his town in Drury Lane, which was an infamous fucking street, there were seven other bakers aside from him. Again, remember, like I told you, each baker is like a DoorDash. Each, each baker controls each little zone, kind of like a bakery cartel. <laughs> so what he did, he fucking took out his competition and not through business ventures he actually killed these motherfuckers with a wooden spoon he took out his competitions and then he opened his own bakery this is where the fucking situation after being like the only baker in town this is where it starts evolving of him kind of being an asshole to kids Kids used to fucking, so I guess his bakery was in the middle area where school and home would be for the kids, right? And there's a lot of orphans out here. So I'm talking about, like, in general. So in the after-school hours, the kids would unite, and they were fucking trash, kind of, like, vandalized his entire bakery store. So he got angry. Dog, he took it out on the kids in the most vicious fucking way. You want to fill him in? (laughs) Okay, okay. So one of the most common ways and most notable ways was the muffin man would make his delivery just like every other baker, but he would lure children away from their homes or if they were playful by trying to offer them a muffin or sometimes even <laughs> tying a rope around the muffin and dragging it along. That's so, like a cartoon. <laughs> I couldn't hey, imagine hey, this. Hey, hey, just imagine Tom and Jerry shit. You get me? To be honest. Yeah. You get me? SRP actually gets some man clap. You get me? So well, He killed what, him with a seven foot, a seven foot wood spoon you know the ones they used to fucking like mix the batter and shit yeah, so he would like and, i guess imagine, he would lure the kids uh-huh sorry bro no 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 no. you're good but just imagine being able to have a pastry as a muffin when your family can afford it or if you're an orphan or maybe it just wasn't enough to go around so a muffin was a somewhat of a delicacy for a little kid the kids would even take it as a joke i would yes. it, i would think as a fun game that they were doing i mean not knowing that he would lead them back to the bakery and basically torture them before killing them that's okay that was deep that i went into some shit when i found out the shit that he would do after to the body because it was kind of weird so when you said torture this is alive while they were alive what happens after death is crazy now i'm not gonna tell you that he baked them into a fucking muffin and he sold them to you but i am gonna tell you this a lot of theories suggest that the muffins back then had no jelly filling and no blueberry drops they were plain after this happened, after he started killing victims, after his first four victims, they started seeing that the muffins had blueberry. I'm using quotation marks in the air, guys. Blueberry drops. Okay? It is said in theory, and I'm saying in theory here, we're theorizing, that he was using coagulated blood drops to fill in and give it a texture, a different look, a poppy look. So he was basically the pioneer I want to say the pioneer of adding fruits or blood into muffins. This is, it's it's awkward. It's weird. 
and in a way, I kind of want to try it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, think, think about it. the history of muffins. You know how delicious muffins are now, fool? Like, like this motherfucker started that trend. Like, what? The muffin man, dog. Yeah, yeah but you're, ta- you're basically talking to a sense cannibalism, or at least vampirism to a bare minimum. What the fuck? In a lot of places, in a lot of places of the world, uh, eating human meat. It's a delicacy, so it's it's not out of the realm. I, I'm not I, a sympathizer. I, I, I mean, I mean, in a lot of in a lot of parts of the world, it was also okay to kill your enemy and eat his heart. But that doesn't mean we're gonna do it. <laughs> hey, Tag, hey, better, hey, they better cover up those that chest, dog. <laughs> no, we right. both know. We both know you falling by me, big dog. Let's get that one straight. Oh my god, whatever. All right. Look, so after his four four first children, the children started catching on to what was happening, and then they came up with this fucking beautiful melody that has survived for centuries. The Muffin Man, Muffin Man, who lives in Blue Blue Blueberry Lane. I, What's the name? Drewberry Lane? Fuck. <laughs> Drew- <laughs> Drew- Drewberry Lane. Lane. See, there's a lot of... Okay, so okay. before we I, I jump into anything else, I also need you guys to understand that that song was created to spread awareness for the orphans and the kids after school. And the, and the, 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 the locals there started singing the song to the kids with this melatonic, melatonic tone in order to aware them and push them out of the area in certain times of the day because they knew that they hated the Muffin Man, but they also needed the Muffin Man because he was the only baker in town. You get what I'm saying, right? You're like, you're against the fucking wall here. Like, you have to, you have to live by the sword. You get what I'm saying? Now, the thing is this. It became a trend real fast. After the Jewelry Lane song, it started moving away and it became, <clears throat> don't choke, swallow. <laughs> right. It became the Blueberry Lane. So the song changed over time because the, tra- the song traveled in different areas of London. So he didn't only start the fucking, the coagulated blood drops on muffins, but he also started the song and the song evolved as it trickled down the different areas of London. So a lot of people didn't call it Drury Lane, but then there was another serial killer that if you guys look it up, there's another serial killer that's very very under underrated that lived in Blueberry Lane inside London. So there is a Blueberry Lane inside London. Now, don't don't take my word for it. Do your research. I cannot say I know for a fact, but that what I do know is that the, the song did change over time because people used it, I mean, kind of adopted it in their own area. You get what I'm saying, right? So no, it kind no, of I get it. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And not only that, towards it, towards the ending of the 1500s, um, Yes, it was speculated that Linwood did murder over 15 kids, and his shop was the most popular spot for kids to go visit. But towards the end of it, the kids would even sort of taunt it in a way, saying that they weren't going to get killed. So they would actually go into his shop and sort of taunt him, saying, because at this point, he was getting older. I'm not going to say that played a key role or anything, Uh but you have to remember, um, even at a 40-year-old back in that day, was considered pretty old. You get yeah, me? because it just, was, and then the plague just had happened, right? The plague was like people were trying to like exactly, not die exactly. and shit. Yeah, you get me. So towards the end of it, there's something that's never really been brought up. The kids were sort of like in a taunting, "Oh, you you don't want to kill me, you don't want to kill me." Running around, they would actually cause havoc in the shop as well. So there's a lot more to it than him just killing them. There were a lot of people aware <clears throat> of it, or at least believed in the superstition that he would actually go around killing kids. 
I I also have a feeling that he had to maintain customer service for a thriving business, right? So he oh, would have to not only bake uh, bake delicious muffins, but he also fucking had to run away the pests. At this point, the pests doesn't the rodents don't look like rats and roaches; they look like human kids. And um, Tech, you mentioned something about torturing. What I, I dude, I did not dive into that, and I think this is where you're gonna fucking shine on this episode. What the fuck? How did he torture them? Because I didn't go into that. Like that's this is a. I'm telling you guys, true story, historical value, hashtag look it up. I didn't know he tortured them. As far as I knew, he killed them and then he used his body parts, at least as coagulated blood, only coagulated uh, blood drops in his muffins. But that's just a theory as well. I didn't hear anything about Bean. That's, so, I mean, fuck. So one of the main things that I came across is that when he would torture them, it was more for his enjoyment of inflicting pain. What's more defenseless than a child? Ah, you see what the, the, getting off on other people's pain, dog. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I must say it was something that might have extended from his childhood, maybe trauma or something. I don't fucking know. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, what he would quote unquote like to do is actually beat him with a lot of his baking equipment, whether it be the roller, whether it be the wooden spoon, and just straight up causing havoc. And like Treble said, one of his most famous. One of his most famous ways to actually apprehend a child or actually take them in was knocking them over the head with the wooden spoon. <laughs> so, so talk about talk about gel readiness, dog, with a wooden spoon, like fucking. <laughs> hey, exactly, exactly, exactly. So I mean, is could it have been a kick? Could this be fake? Could this be real? I don't know. I mean, there's like it's a lot up in there. But if somebody's willing to kill. For the plane of it, as we've all seen in every single movie and every single lore, they do take some type of kick out of seeing somebody get hurt. Because that's their whole thing. That's why they do it. Because they have that, I, I want to say that neediness for power to show that they are, I don't know, some people would even say sounds, willingness to take a life. It sounds kind of like a fetish. To be like slapping these kids or kicking yeah. their asses with like wooden shit from the bakery, right? Like it's like he was getting off not only on their paint but using the fucking bakery stuff. That's that's uh, uh, a lot of serial killers have even said. You get me that one guy from uh, what was it, Pasadena, whatever his name is, Rodriguez or whatever it is, that famous serial killer. He said uh -huh. he loved seeing the lights diminish in somebody's eyes, knowing what? they were gone. So, I mean, it is something that is reoccurring. You get me? I'm not saying that's exactly what it is. What it do you think causes that, Tank? What do you think that causes I that, that fucking what? trigger that triggers people like to say, I'm a kill. I mean, I'm glad that the Muffin Man didn't sexually assault his kids. At least, at least he didn't go there. You get what I'm saying? Like, well, there's no proof of it. No oh but, my but, god. Uh, but, but can we rule it out? I don't know. You can't now. Know. Now you said that, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 impossible to rule everything out. But at the end of the day, you just have to sort of see it at, at face value for what we do have. But I mean, a lot of people do get that whole thing of seeing somebody die. What do you I think? Mean, what What do you think triggers that? For like, what do you think triggers that? You know, uh, you know. Statistically, I was reading an article here in El Salvador because, ladies and gentlemen, I'm in Central America right now. We're recording this shit live right now on Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday morning. Um, so uh, I, I was reading an article here that because right here, uh, being a gangster, it's really hardcore. Like, you don't take you to jail for sure. You cannot be, you cannot be a troller. You can't be affiliated. And they were, and they were just talking about the rules in the streets of how what they would do to people that would rape kids, right? And or murder people or rape women or anything, right? So check this out. I was reading that. Statistically, mentally, fool. Look, dog, this is gonna blow your fucking mind. People are scared to say it, and people are not open to say it. 
Well, Lord even Lord even Lord. doctors, even doctors are not even open to fucking admit it. But they're statistically saying that at least five out of ten men, fifty percent of all men in the world, have not only some serial killer instinct, but pedophilia instinct in their fucking minds. Some of them act to it are more susceptible to to acting upon it and using that fucking that trigger that triggers them. And some people hide it while while the others that don't never get caught, and some don't ever tap into it. So this is like that's what I'm saying. What make what would make you trigger to make you think some type of way to kill a kid with a wooden spoon, torture him, and then feed him to other people in your muffins? Like this is I'm talking maxed out, right? Not even I didn't even mention the sexually assaulting. What would trigger that? He was he wasn't poor. He had a business. What would make him say I need to kill these motherfuckers and be so cold hearted? Like Jesus. Some people like the thrill. I mean, let's be honest about it. Some people like the thrill of it. I mean, it were you can't say about... it was music. You can't say it was no, entertainment no, no, because no. back it, then it, there was no can... TV. No, no, no. Could have been boredom. I mean, shit. If you ask, if you if you ask a lot of our older generations, and you ask them why they had so many kids, they will literally tell you that was their entertainment. Meaning, sex was their entertainment. And guess what happens when you have unprotected sex? Sometimes a kid comes out. You get me? <laughs> sometimes. I mean, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, but I mean, I mean. So it could have been a form of entertainment. It could have been a form of releasing his aggression. It could have been a sport, a hunting for him. Look at that one. Uh, fucking um. What's that one serial killer that was just famous, famalized on Netflix? Fuck. What's the name? Uh, Jesse Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, People were saying he was sexy. You know, women, this is why I attacked women in the, in the beginning of the show. Not women, but like uh, consumerism, not women. Again, consumerism. Because, you know, they were saying that they thought they were sexualizing him. Women, uh, there was like a lot of women saying, oh, poor Jeffrey Dahmer, he's so sexy. Like, what? What do you mean sexy? Like, this guy fucking. So, so a lot of things that will attract a woman is still unknown. But even to this day in the jail system. They have a online thing where they try to rehabilitate a lot of inmates, male and female, not just male, uh, but male and female. Uh-huh. I guess if you want a bad boy, you want a bad girl, whatever it is. And uh-huh. there's a lot of women that will literally fall in love, um, not so much because of their handsome, but more. I want to say more because of what they could do, per se. So the fun fact, fun story. Yeah. This woman actually uh, fell in love and uh-huh. she actually got married uh, all via thing. Because she wasn't expecting for him to come out. It was just that type of thing. And once he got released early by early parole, she couldn't take it. She couldn't stand being with him or anything. So I she mean, was in love with the idea of dating place, a prisoner. Placebo effect, maybe? Wow. I mean? Okay. I mean, so it, it's it's a lot of things, definitely a lot of things out there. You have to remember. I mean, just because. Okay. For example, you have a kid. You're, mm-hmm. um, let's say you have a boy and a girl. I know you have a girl, but we're not, uh-huh. let's just say a boy. Mm-hmm. And your boy tells you, hey, dad, get, hey, you remember my social studies teacher? I'm hitting that, hey, fucking shake his hand. <laughs> hey, hey, son, okay. Son, son, okay, guy, okay. Son, you know what we share? <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm going to be honest. Hey, yo, that's my, that's my boy. It's a mico, you get me? Yeah, yeah. yeah but if you're. If your little girl, I know where you're going with this. Uh huh. me, it'd be like, no, what the fuck? He raped you. No, I love him. No, he raped you. He mind, he mind twisted you, or whatever it is. Jesus you Christ, me? you're right. And now, when Pete Davidson goes, he's like, <laughs> yeah, they call me the one. It felt like Disneyland. You got me, it felt like this. You got me, best of the day of my life. This is it, insane. You make so much sense right now. I mean, wow, it, it's it's all in just your 
beliefs on how you want to think about this. So this is a point of like awareness, spreading awareness not only on the muffin man and check your muffins before you eat them. No, we're not only spreading that. <laughs> we're not only spreading nursery rhymes have a dark meaning. Hashtag look it up. That's fact. We're not saying that either. We're saying more than that. We're spreading the awareness on. <laughs> this is this is funny on. Why is it socially acceptable for male children to have sex with older female social study teachers that rather than versus then? I, 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 think, I think we're reaching a little. Let, let's just bring it back a little. No, no, no. Listen, 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 no, listen. Statistically, what would make you triggered? Like, OK, every listener here has a trigger, has different characteristics and people get mad for different reasons. You know me, Big Tank, and you know that sometimes when I get pissed, I get really emotional and I tap more into my emotions than my rational thinking. Right. And you see me. You always yeah. told, tell me, yeah. Angel, you look, you see red, fool. You can't stop. You see red. I can't talk to you right now because you're seeing red and you have a you have that kind of like control over your emotions that I don't have, right? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, so what... no, 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 no. I have a higher limit to it does not mean I don't see red. I okay. That's what I want to say. Or maybe my triggers are a little bit harder to tap into. You Which me? makes me think that you're a fucking serial killer. So spreading awareness, Big Tech might have some, some tricks under his fucking sleeves and maybe some death under his fucking belt. I'm not trying to incriminate yeah, him, but, but this motherfucker looks like nothing a Nothing on my sleeves, nothing on my sleeves. I keep them white, right? Oh, no, Big Tech. Okay, okay. So spreading awareness, people watch your triggers, watch your muffins, watch your kids, and stop seeing those fucking nursery rhymes. They're kind of weird. <laughs> I wonder, you know what? I'm have to do a research on nursery rhymes in Spanish. You know how they say uh el cucuy, blancos, right? Or or duerme mi niño. I don't know it. <laughs> you know what I mean though, right? Like like uh, yeah, nursery I rhymes. I, I I get it. I get it. I mean hey there's always a deeper meaning to everything. Right, I mean right. shit. Even even the most iconic meaning right now for in anime, which is the Pokemon, the Pokeball. You get me? Uh to you, well, to you, what does a Pokeball symbolize? A you catch Pokemon? a Pokemon. You catch yeah, a Pokemon, you, right? Yeah, you catch a Pokemon. Okay. okay. The original name for Pokemon was Pocket Monsters. Yes, I remember but that. You dive into Pokeball, what it mm -hmm. actually means, it's a symbol, an old, an, I believe it's old, uh, I don't know, an old Asian, an old Asian symbol that uh -huh. people would use back in the day to cast demons in there and it would protect them. Okay, I believe that. I believe okay. that 1,000%, okay? Okay, so they actually showed you a lot of real-life shit through it. A lot of the Pokemon that they depict are ancient lore and legends. You get me? What? So how, did, how, how do people control Pokemon through the Pokeball? That's mm -hmm. how you make them yours. I mean, mm -hmm. so there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, realization in the new era that they're bringing out. Jesus Christ, Big Tank just dropped a huge fucking bomb in childhood memories. That's massive. And you know what? You're right. Well, I just remember this. Just remember this. Uh -huh. I mean, in all essence, Ash, Misty, Brock are all roughly 10 to 15 year olds. What the fuck is a 10, 15 year old going to be doing with this massive dog? Yeah, he was 10 years old. Lizard. You he was me? 10 years old and the 10 year old traveling the fucking nation with a backpack and a bunch of pocket monsters. And these pocket monsters would defend him and also help him get badges that would make him a pocket, whoa, whoa, pocket monster. Think about master. it a little bit more cynical. You're literally hmm. having joy over two things fighting. 
You get me? It doesn't show okay, that dying. I was about to say that. Don't go woke on me. Look, it's about, look, you know what I'm about to say, fool? This is going to blow people. I know for a fact. It's only just a matter of time. I think Pokemon just, okay, I, just for the people that don't know, Pokemon just aired their last episode ever for the last series for the last season. All right, guys? Pokemon, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, po for, for Ash. Oh, for Ash. Ash okay, okay. Ash, Ash Saga is ending. There will be no more Ash. Check this out. Check um, this out. Pikachu this out. actually stopped, too. So no more Pikachu? At least Ash is Pikachu, right? Yes. Okay, check this out. Check this out. It's only a matter of time until the fucking woke mob comes and tells you, oh, Pokemon traps, it shows that they're beating each other, and this is animal cruelty, and they're fucking catching and trapping these animals, and they're using them for fucking, for like fighting roosters and shit. And it's only a Bro, matter of time. Doc. I'll give you a darker one, fool. Oh, the, whole, the whole Yu-Gi-Oh! If you watch an early manga of Yu-Gi-Oh, uh -huh. it was nothing about mysticism, dark arts being used, very light, very, very, very cultic, very Egyptian shit. I know. I no, see no, that no, shit. no, very... no, no, no. Very, very light. Anything of cards being played. The very beginning of Yu-Gi-Oh had basically nothing to do with cards. I it know, was, right? Because I guess the soul, that's what he says, the soul of the cards, because each card had a soul of a demon or entity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my so Jesus. A, so a lot of beginning of it didn't have anything to do with the whole card game. It wasn't until they tried to monopolizing it, like how Pokemon did, that they started introducing the cards that they became more relevant. But if you look at the early cartoons, and I'm not talking about live shows. I'm talking about actual actual comic books. The, sh the sh I think they were called Shaman. The oh, my Shaman. Jesus. I literally... A lot of that was nothing but gruesome fighting, casting spells, witchcraft, <laughs> sorcery to even Peg, sense. Peg, Peg, you just connected the dots. Aside from us worshipping nursery rhymes of dead-ass dead killer, serial killers and eating fucking toxic muffins, you just connected our childhood. We have been doing occultic, occultic pro uh, practices from childhood. Big Tank, we have been doing occultic practices from fucking babyhood. From fucking nursery rhymes to muffins to Yu-Gi-Oh! Dark Entity demons and we celebrated these fucking death... We celebrated the serial killers with muffins and and, 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 and nursery rhymes and now we're celebrating... We have always celebrated Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and shit. You get what I'm saying, right? Like, it's like... Oh my god, dude, the programming is real, dog. You want me to break? You want me to break <laughs> your childhood even more? I have one more hidden. Uh, it's up to you if you want to hear it. I'm down. <laughs> okay. Power Rangers. Okay. 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 What's the first thing that happens in the very first episode? A uh... random big head floating entity spirit gets control of five kids. Oh. And they developed this blind leadingness to him. What in a... Okay. He, he, he indoctrinates him to do whatever <laughs> he says and his will is right. Okay. That instills in you that uh, that what a kids thinks are wrong and what adults say is right. And it also... And he will and, and if you if you want to go woke and he was white and he was bald and whoa, he was just whoa, a head and he was decapitated and he's ultra ultra sensitive here. <laughs> I mean, so it, it's it's all how you want to see things. To be honest, I mean, Jesus which is one Christ. of the things that we're trying to lead into the whole thing of how easy it is to this to I guess deceive a kid. You get me? Whether it be with muffins or whether it be through regular tv 
Mm-hmm. A child's mind is not at its very best. Even an adult's mind, let's say that. But can you imagine a child that has still that inner goodness in him that doesn't know what bad is? He's just trying to live life, be happy, not pay bills or anything. <laughs> and for doesn't example, know that. Example, and does, uh-huh. <laughs> no, no. And for example, I mean, I'm going to just put it to you plain this way. We know if we commit a crime, there's, there's a possibility. There's a, exactly. There's going to be mm-hmm. a consequence. Uh-huh. To a little kid, he's having fun. He doesn't know anything else. So what you're telling me is that these kids have no idea they're about to become part of a muffin. <laughs> Good it, idea. <laughs> to a big sense. To a big sense. <laughs> hey, big dog. Hey, this Let was, him know what's up, dog. <laughs> this was very, very different route. I mean, we had more info. We don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know. I, I'm, I really do apologize for going from Muffin Man to Pokemon to Digimon to Yu-Gi-Oh! So oh, gotta man. catch them all these hoes, but... Oh, damn! I, I think we have to do a part two just do a little bit more fan service, all right? But let us know what you think. Are we wrong? Am I wrong? I want to know. Am I wrong? Is there anything that you guys don't agree with? Or do you guys do agree with it? Or if I mean, anything that you guys wanted to add on, make sure you let us know. We'll send you a fucking shout-out. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you something. Big Tank, how do bring... And I think it was a very natural. This is how you know that this episode and these episodes are natural as fuck, and we drop them raw as as soon as we fucking cook them up. Uh, thank you, Mitch. I don't know where they can find you, dog. <laughs> right, you guys know the deal. Catch me, EKNAT626. Once again, EKNAT626. Let me know what you guys are feeling, what you guys are not feeling. <laughs> Till the next time. That is right. You can find me at Travel Scarcity on all social media platforms and check us out at parentradio.com. Drop a five star review on Apple Podcasts and Mass Shadows. All of you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Love you guys. Peace out. Till the next time. Paranoid Radio.